Hello and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to live aboard cruising. So today we're going to talk about how we're going to save our marriage. How <laughs> <laughs> a piece of equipment. How uh, a piece of equipment's going to help us save our marriage. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so we got these Bluetooth headsets for Christmas. We've already opened them because everybody's sending stuff through Amazon, so nothing's wrapped. Yeah. So we, <clears throat> so we knew what it was. We, oh, shit. Oh, that this was is for awesome. Christmas. Yeah. So it's a pair of Bluetooth headsets. Uh, what kind are they again? So they are <clears throat> called, the, the brand is Senna, and it's, uh, it says all new expand, long range Bluetooth intercom. So you can apparently talk 900 meters away because we have a huge bo- boat. <laughs> <laughs> so 900 meters is going to barely do it, but um, and yeah. Then, uh, yeah. And the idea was we were thinking about getting these headsets because everybody said they're actually called marriage savers. And um, everybody said, you're going to need these on the boat, you know, because when you guys dock and stuff, you're, you're gonna, it's going to be helpful. And so when we left, we were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get those in Europe and we'll buy them there and, and whatnot. And we could never find them um, mm-hmm. anywhere. So um, we kind of limped through the first season <clears throat> doing just... Basically <laughs> screaming at each other. <laughs> which, what are you saying? Uh, yeah, it was a lot of yelling. So, no. well, I mean, we're shouting over the wind. I mean, it's yeah, yeah you, you're it's shouting. Not. Okay, shouting is a better word than yelling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so one of the things that we also discussed needing to sit down and kind of sort through as we get ready for next season is communicating and it seems pretty simple because you and I sitting at home communicate pretty well but when you're trying to communicate a lot of information at once on a boat as the boat's moving and as you're approaching a dock it's very overwhelming like there's a lot of stuff and I noticed my brain was working but my mouth wasn't working like my Mm. mouth would just say things that were half useful information. So what we want to talk about today, and we're kind of recording this as we're discussing it at real time, so we, who knows what is going to come out of this, mm-hmm. um, is how we're going to better communicate, you know, as in a docking situation. And um, we found that to be the most stressful and have had bad experiences our first season being kind of a victim of, of attempted boat docking and also being the person who's hit a boat. So yeah. I think it's good for us to <clears> I mean, it's it's true. It's probably more intense in docking because you have other boats or docks next to you. And, and then in the med, there is not much current, but you have wind. Um, and then you come into a new marina. And, and then you have to quickly realize, okay, what's going to be the approach? I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, you have you can take some time, but I think we've talked about this. You you feel a little bit of a pressure from the guy waiting on his dinghy or at the dock. Well, and there's you, a whole audience on the dock, you know. Yeah, it's like, but you call them in advance, and they're like waiting for you, yeah. and it, which is very nice. And we learned 
to like really not worry about this because they're always very nice and that's part of their job. And so, um, but it's also true for, it'll be useful, at least we hope, like for anchoring. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because I honestly I cannot hear a single thing you're saying. You yeah, know? I mean it's it's windy. Well, yeah. we do gestures and stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, I think there will be more constant communication. Right. Um, what's tricky is that uh, everything goes well or something, and then and then something doesn't go well, and one person at the home station, the other person is. But forward. I was telling you this and that. Yeah. yeah. So if you have that constant communication, mm -hmm. I think that's going to be useful for mm -hmm. anchoring. And also when the other person goes up the mast. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, it's uh, it's also like, uh, uh, you know, stop, whatever. You don't have to, like, scream. <laughs> or, <laughs> and, and again, you can more regularly communicate. So, yeah. so I think it's going to have multiple usage. Mm -hmm. and uh, But definitely the more stressful time is, is the um, docking situation. Yeah, and it's going to be most stressful, I think, based on what people are saying in the med because of the med mooring. And, you know, outside the med, um, it doesn't seem to be... It seems... It, everybody says sort of the med is the worst, you know, for docking mm -hmm. the boat. So yeah. here we are in our first, like, experience, you know, with the boat. We're still learning the boat. You know, it's like, it's like suddenly you were driving a sports car and now you're driving a huge truck. Like you have to sort of figure out, you know, the spatial awareness and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. And that's the other thing that is tricky um, with, I guess, all the modern catamaran, you know, they all have like a, um, some kind of a, like what they call the sport version or like a helm station on the side, slightly elevated, or some people will have the, the, the whole, um, the helm totally at the top, which, and then you have the, the, the tent for the helm station. The enclosure, yeah. And so you're like, you basically you can't, can't see, see one side. Yeah. You really don't see the other side. Um, in the off season, we added a window that will help us see the other corner, but even that. Um, so let me explain that. So there's a there's a bench up at the helm station, mm -hmm. and we have a sport top, so it's halfway between on top and down below, and um, so you can see the uh, the starboard side. starboard side, right? But the port side, you can't see it all. And what was blocked <laughs> is that bench had kind of a little wall space, not a wall, but a side, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, to rest. And to rest and whatever. So we actually did a cutout and added a window. Mm -hmm. um, so at least in a pinch, you could see kind of what was yeah. going on. Or you can see the other person was maybe at the back doing something. So right. that's going to be... An additional it's, help it's one it's little piece of answer. help it's not the answer yeah exactly um i think when i've been docking is you basically docking just looking at the starboard side and you're like trying yeah. to not worry about the port side um because you don't see and that's how we've sort of been doing it so yeah. let me just kind of communicate my experience so when we started docking the boat together um what I thought I was, my role was in the back of the boat, because you're at the helm, right? Is I would be on the port side, you would be able to see the starboard side. And my job was to basically tell you how far away you were from stuff. So what would happen is, is I would say something like five feet or 10 feet. And you didn't know, like, to the side, to the back, from the boat. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a lot more information to communicate. And um, so we sort of had that discussion and started sorting through. 
And then we talked to some other people too, and and they're like, well, basically the person, and this came about actually when we were in Montenegro looking at that big yacht, mm-hmm. and the skipper. Um, was a friend of ours, Mark. And he's explaining, I don't actually, I'm at the helm and I'm docking the boat, but I'm not actually docking the boat. The person that's docking the boat is the person who is in the back of the boat giving Mm. me instructions. And that was sort of a light bulb moment for me, right? Because I wasn't viewing my role as being that, you know? Yeah, which means it's easier, it's easy to say. It is easy to say, but yeah. Docking the boat means like the person has to really know how to dock know how to dock know how to physically dock the boat because you really have to say you know the person at the helm starboard forward yeah yeah you have to give these commands and then it's like how much you know starboard forward or a little bit a lot like both engine reverse so there is a lot of dialogue that can happen but that means the other person has to really know how to do it so we talked at some point well, why don't we switch, switch the role? Because right. I've done more docking. But I'm not convinced either Like to switch from what we're doing to that. That's going to be the solution because I'm going to, there'll be a little of a delay in me saying something and you, you have to do the thing that exactly I'm saying. And, you know, it's like how much, you know, and it's, yeah. and, and so... I think if we were to do this, and that might be a solution. And we talked about that, and, and also then having me have more docking yeah, lessons. So that would be yeah. like, okay, to do like really docking exercises. And, and the thinking also is it to really dock away from a dock, um, to find a buoy How somewhere. How do you do that? Well, do you- to just to find a buoy somewhere or to find kind of more open space. And, and some of the things that I've learned doing it, uh, when there is wind, there is this, you know, just like what I'm doing mm-hmm. and uh, to really share that and practice certain things like this before coming into like a dog. Mm-hmm. And and so that would be, I think, one step. And the second step is you know, like, yeah, OK, you find a lighter wind and, and a lighter day, sorry, and then, and then just... Um, and then just do some repeat the docking yeah. over and over and work out the communication, what controls. But again, it's, it, I think it, it will mean that the other person, I mean, the person who is going to send the commands um, has to know how to dock the boat. Well, and when you think about it, there's only a, a few things to say, right? Once the boat's lined up, it's starboard forward, starboard reverse, port forward, port reverse. But then how much? But how much? Yeah. And, and or both engines. Or both, like, yeah. You know. And so that's the thing for me. Or like a board, you know, yeah. like, you know, so there's a lot of things that can, if everything goes well, you know, sure, like, you know, if it, there's no wind and you can come really slowly. I mean, that's one thing. Well, that's the thing is you look at all these YouTube videos on docking a catamaran mm-hmm. and they film the videos when there's absolutely no wind. Yeah. And so it's not super helpful, right? Because sure, you know, I think all of us in our sailing classes or whatever mm-hmm. have docked a boat without any wind and that's, but that's not the hard part. The hard part is when it's super tight, mm-hmm. there's wind, there may be current, um, and there's a whole audience on, on the dock, like staring at you because this is what happens. I remember the docking in Gibraltar is to get position to back into the slip. There was another boat in front and, uh, there was like docked aside the pier. 
So you didn't have like a clean approach, no. you know, to use the space. And then it was not like a full dock. It was like a finger, a finger. dock. And half of it was like in the water. <laughs> yeah. Like- and, and then so, and, and, and it's really at the end of like the, the runway where you're going. So, Cause you can't. So you, you have to get in there to really know how it looks, and and really, I mean, ideally, yeah, you could go, come back out, think about it, and go back in. But again, somebody's waiting for you. Other people are watching, and so you really have to think in the moment and how all this is going. That's, to, I think, um, something that surprised me. You know, I felt like, oh yeah, you would just, you know, if you get to the spot and you're not comfortable, you just abort and you back and you try it again. But what happens is you're you're so deep in some of these yeah dock I guess docks yeah you know and there's wind and there's boats around and you have to kind of it and you see things that are unexpected right like remember that time we were getting gas and um, what was it uh, I forget now it was in Sicily it was our first a- approach to Sicily right from yeah. Sardinia. And um, we were we were getting fuel, and we're like, "Oh, this is easy. There's nobody at the fuel dock. Piece of cake. We'll just go next to the side, parallel to the dock. We'll let the wind kind of drift us in." And suddenly, as we started to get closer and closer to the dock, which was like old Roman stone or something like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, it was it was obvious that at the very bottom. Um, below where the buoys were hanging, there was a ledge that was sticking out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you say, oh, you know, you, you learn to abort, you know, and I was like, stop, stop, because I was seeing the boat go full speed, meaning wow. wind speed, right? Into- Not wind speed, but... Well, it was it was going too quick for my comfort. It like, was going fast. It was blowing. And, yeah, it was blowing. And, uh, I don't remember what it was. Into and it. we're drifting into it. And I was like, stop, stop. And you're like, I can't, you know, that's not going to be possible well, at this point. Because you were like, already committed. I don't understand. Like, uh, there's a nice Yeah, you're like, here. what's the problem? You <laughs> it's know? like, stop, stop, what, stop. And like, so my mouth wasn't saying, Stefan, there's a ledge, you know, mm. coming up down below. And that's going to, yeah. you know, impede. And part of the ledge was covered by tires. But at some sections, like, they didn't right. replace it, them. So, so yeah, there will be stuff like this where you have to make a split decision. And and, and um, I was yelling, you know, because yeah. I I was at the back of the boat, and so you were probably. But I, and I'm in the approach mode, like you know, getting not getting the stop the boat, mode, like yeah. you know, uh, and and so your your brain, my brain is like at ninety percent capacity thinking about yeah. all these, and I'm just like, and stop then the you're boat. like, stop the boat, and I'm you're like, why? What? It's like <laughs> made no know, sense. So your brain just doesn't like compute because yes. you're like committed at some point. So what happened was when we got to that dock and to the ledge, I mean, by two or three inches, we missed. Like there, the we hit the part that was covered by the tire, mm. and so you know. But if we had been just a few inches over, I mean, it would have really hit you know the side of the boat. Mm. So, so that's another hard, thing. Yeah. You know how you're approaching and you're making some guesses on how high or low to hang the fenders, and yeah, know. I mean. And yeah, there will be you know something. Yeah, you have to adjust quickly and and remember this approach. I mean, the first time I think we had put the fenders on the starboard side. You come there and you're like, okay, we have to switch the fenders. So you're staying like back to the wind, right. switching the fenders. So all this takes time. 
And um, so I'm on the starboard side with Doc in the port side. And, you know, again, like I don't see. <laughs> like right. The, I'm like not right there on top of it. So Yeah. And then that time we were, it was, it was like 20 knot winds or something. We were coming into um, the other side of Italy. And we were staying at that, um, and, and he sort of guided us into one dock, and then he's like, forget it, go over there. Remember that? And, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was fine. The wind kind of blew in, but it was windy. Oh, I know. It was gusting. It was super windy, and it was blowing us sideways. And, and so, so he's like, just go sideways. And, and then he put us on a dock that didn't have the right power output or something for a boat, and then it blew up our... Uh, yeah, well, there's stuff. Our as connector. Well. Like, I mean, that's yeah. like a different yeah. issue. But the the point being, you can practice and think like, okay, I got things down <laughs> mm-hmm. with your partner and stuff. And then every time it seems to be like something new. Mm-hmm. And, and in Montenegro, I mean, what we did is because it was just like stormy so much that we stayed in good or bad at the pier overnight. And then what we did is like we walked to where we were going to dock. And, and we could see it. Yeah. We could see it. We could see there was a line going across from another boat. So you you kind of visualize and then you have time once yeah, you engage. Yeah, but I mean, that's not going to happen. No, you know, that's no. Like, a... you're like you you need to go on the dinghy, <laughs> go like on the reconnaissance, uh, yeah, reconnaissance yeah. like, you know, so... But then, it, then you know, that's nice, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but maybe when you practice, it's like, okay, you walk to... Um, uh, to a slip somewhere mm-hmm. and you talk about it and then you do it as opposed to just being on the boat and that might be a, that might be a good way to kind of practice and learn yeah I guess and, I uh, think the other thing I recall when we had that bad experience in, in Sardinia right um, was the guy guiding us in is like oh no you have plenty of room and we're like no no we don't have plenty of room and come to find out um, later, after we had, before we left, we had a diver go look under the boat, and we saw the chain mark. Remember, we were concerned about um, hitting the... Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. There was a chain mark under there. So, mm-hmm. I feel like that was when that would have, you know, hit the bottom of the boat, yeah. because that, that was exactly where that... So, other... the bottom line is, every time you're going to be tested... right. With a different thing. <laughs> right. I mean, almost we haven't done so many dockings, like, I don't know, four or five maybe in the season. Well, besides practicing in La Rochelle. Yeah. And yeah, probably. But even did, so, it hasn't did, been that many. So, yeah, I mean, maybe 10 total. I mean, not counting, not counting the practice days. Um, yeah, between less than a dozen and, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and I honestly, like, when, even now, right now, while we're talking about docking, I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. Like it's it it really makes me anxious, and I'm not the only person. You know, I know there are people that have done it and done it, and they still get anxious. And the thought of doing this, like as we're doing it, I know my te- my chest gets really tight. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and I'm like breathing heavy, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <clears throat> you know. And and bef- as we were doing it without the headsets, and hopefully the headsets will help. Is I'm only trying to communicate like the least amount of information I can because I know you're processing a lot of things. So I'm trying to be helpful. So what's like you explain to me, like describe what's going on. So like help me understand what does that mean? This is just a tool. Uh And and I think we have to figure out uh, who is going to do what. 
um, ideally we're going to have to practice both uh, like both roles and I think as we do both roles and you know it will help the other person to figure out okay what should I be saying when I'm I'm the person on the port side giving some key information mm-hmm. but it has to come to a level where you really say the least amount of words. And right. So it's it has to be just about the commands, just how much throttle, and just like if there is an, an like a burst situation. versus yes. Yeah. Um, and then once you, I mean, I think I see the docking in really two phases. It's just one, you have to come parallel. And like line up into well, it's not quite true because in is there was another boat in our sleep, so we were kind of just waiting. We were waiting for and them to leave. While we were yeah. waiting, I could get a feel like and how to orient the boat and and play with the the shifters and just thinking that we're going to have to come at an angle because if you come uh, line up. And back into like you're parallel to the to the slip, and you're you're lining yourself up because it was so windy. The bow is going to drift, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, like you know, you're going to touch the other boat. So waiting for that boat to come out, you could I test had time it with the current wind to figure condition. out like how I need to position the boat to be able to move. And and so while I come the stern first, I, I came probably at like a 45 degree angle mm-hmm. and the bow being into the wind. And as I'm doing the backing up into the slip, then naturally the wind is going to push the bow, which is going to line up the boat. And then you have to commit and be like, OK, now it's like going in mm-hmm. and then just stop at the end. So it's it's trying to get a feel for you know for for the this when situation the, for, for for that so but the the so it's not always true that the boat has to be lined up parallel to to the so i was looking at it in two phases at least the 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 stern of your boat has to be lined up and ready to get in but then you have to calculate for the amount of wind or potentially current and make sure the boat lines up right as you're like starting to go in mm-hmm. um that's the first phase. And then the second. And that's one thing I didn't understand that you kind of in your mind broke it up in those two chunks. Because I was just looking at like, how far are we? Are we straight? Are we going to hit anything? I'm not thinking of it as two phases. Yeah. So, so it's helpful to talk about that. Yeah. So in this case, like if there is no win, you know, <clears throat> then you align yourself parallel and then you're just backing up. Yeah. And the other person can say like, oh, okay, your bow is a little, you know. Yeah, that was off. a good docking experience. I remember of, of something like this, yeah. but if you have wind, then the other person has to know <laughs> that uh, that you know don't say the boat is not lined up because it's purposely not lined up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so all that stuff, like you know, the headset is just a tool. You have to really um, right. communicate. But then you're in these channels, and other boats are going in and out, and it's hard to just stop the boat and be like, okay, let's talk about this. You know, yeah, you, no, you have to keep doing it. Yeah. So. It's um, there is no easy situation, um, really. What the other thing we were talking about, because one of the problems is even when every video of a catamaran, everybody says, "Oh, you see that the helm station, and you see all four corners, you have great visibility." Well, that's not true. Those boats are really high. Right. They have a very high freeboard. Um, you're on one side, 
and you see one side and then yeah if you stand up you can see the other corner but you are the helm station and um and the, so there is that problem the second problem is we have the tent that insulates you from you know the, the everything going the, on from yeah, yeah from everything going on outside even if we have the door rolled up and yes. that's, it's still yeah so one thing that we can do on a fountain peugeot catamaran is the um, you don't have to sit at the helm you can be standing and facing the back of the boat and just lock the wheel and just control the boat just with the shifters. And now your body is like in the doorway, like you can, you're outside almost. Yeah. And so that's that's something that we probably need to do as well. So just to, just, to, just to kind of explain. So our boat doesn't come with a uh, helm lock or, a, yeah. you know, norm, normal boats. You screw it in and it's tight. It you doesn't move. You can lock move. the wheel. You can lock yeah. the wheel. For whatever reason, they decided that wasn't a good idea to do that, which mm. is beyond me why. So we are kind of saving. hindered by it not having that mm. wheel lock. Because when you're docking, you're really not steering with the wheel. You're steering no, for catamarans, with the yeah. you're steering. So that means you're using one hand to hold the to steering hold wheel, the steering wheel right. uh, or you're using your, your knee, knee. Yeah. and so it's it's not it's ideal. bizarre it's, yeah. yeah so it, now they have the the locks for those wheels so it's probably something that we, we need definitely to do. need to do that um, yeah. there could be a cheap way where you just because then because then all you're focused on is the, the yeah the then you you're yeah. on the shifters and you don't have to at the same time hold the wheel and and then if you put reverse like the wheel might want to go one way and you have to counter that right so so that's something we probably also need to do because now at least the the person at the helm is outside more right. and you're facing the back of the boat uh, with the shifters in your hand. So it's a, it's a better position. It's going to be really in front of your chest as opposed to when you're sitting there on the side too. Right. And it's, it's, uh, it's awkward. Yeah. So that's something we... Um, we discussed as well to try to um, to, to yeah. shift to, to that position. The other thing is once we did some docking practices back in La Rochelle, uh, our instructor, Fabien, said, oh, you should put a camera up the mast and once you use it to dock, you'll never want like somebody to take it away from you. Yeah. Like you'll be committed. And and at the time, I, I, my thinking was, no, uh, like, you need to have your yeah. eyes outside, having your eyes on the screen and outside or whatever, doing a mix is probably not a good idea. Well, it's like a car backup camera, right? Like, yeah. you know, you, you we used to all back up without cameras on our cars and figure it out. But once you have it, oh, my gosh, it's so much yeah. easier. Yeah. And once you don't have it anymore, you're like, oh, I wish I had that camera. Yeah. <laughs> so... Now that I've been I've been changing my mind on that, thinking that, that if you really good. have like an eagle eye view of like the boat and its surroundings, and and then on your iPad or something, then you can really get a better feel, mm-hmm. like how much space, how your boat is. It turning. definitely takes away a lot more of the risk, I think. Yeah. So you it's know? weird because yeah. it you have to commit watching that screen. And not be trying to do both at the same time, but I think it gives you because when when a boat docks and you're on the dock, it's very easy to criticize. Yeah, you're like, it looks oh, like oh, he should do this or she should so do that. It's so simple, like yeah. just back in. Or you see the boat of the drifting, right, and you're like, oh, they're drifting. And so 
once you're on the dock, you see certain things that once you're on the boat, mm-hmm. it's it's harder to get a feel for. And I truly didn't understand how high the freeboard was, mm-hmm. you know, and we've been on it and it's like, whoa, you, you really can't see stuff unless you're literally right there. And, you know, the example when we, when our boat hit the other boat, um, I was looking down at the stern. I wasn't looking at what was what was happening because I figured we already cleared it. Because when I looked at it last time, we were we were lined up just fine. So I'm I'm making sure the fender's there um, on the stern so that it doesn't hit the other side of the boat. But then the top of the cleat just so happened to it was, it was a very, just a freak accident. Yeah, very weird, yeah so. but so the point is though is if you have this whole view, yes. you know, it'd be a better because then you get a sense of the speed, you didn't mm-hmm. get a sense of like how your boat is orientated, you get mm-hmm. a view of both sides and the distance between the docks and the other boats. Mm-hmm. So I I think I I mean I'd like to get a feel from other people who've done it. Like yeah, get if anybody's a, done a camera, please, you know, and, leave and a message. Yeah. yeah. So that would be mm-hmm. something I think that that could be a major improvement. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, um, I remember saying this to you when we were we had arrived in Montenegro and we were on that just terrible pier. We were waiting out the storm. Remember that we were smashing into it with all of our 19 fenders on one side of the mm-hmm. boat. But anyway, and so I said, okay, I'm just going to radio the guy and tell him we're new at docking. Mm. Like we just need all the help we can get, you know? And, um, you know, we're always kind of a little bashful about asking for help. And it was helpful, you know, to let them know that because then they're not on autopilot. I mean, mm. maybe they wouldn't have done anything differently, but, you know, these guys, they help people dock boats all the time. And there's a lot of people that are great at it and don't need any extra help. And so they're just like, okay, we're docking the boat, you know. But in our case, I just felt like, you know, we should take all the help we could get. And and well, so the great. guy showed up and he was on kind of high alert, mm-hmm. like, okay. You know, I thought that was good. Great at it. I mean, I'm sure some people are obviously comes with practice and uh, getting more comfortable. But also when you have a boat that stays in one slip, like all the time, then you get really good at it. Like when oh, yeah, I yeah. was racing, own a boat, yeah. we would not even, I mean, it was a 29 foot boat and we will come back all the way into the slip no big deal. under sail. Yeah. So you know, you just have to gauge all that. Because you know exactly what to do for that. Well, you've slip. done it many times, and then you have like six, seven, eight people on board, so yeah. also can help. And so help or not, because they're in the way too. Um, yeah. But, you know, once you you do the same thing over and over, you get really good at it. Mm-hmm. Problem is here, you're not coming Every back to situation this. is different. Yeah. 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 yeah, so. Yeah, so hopefully these um, headsets will save our marriage. And we'll find out. <laughs> I, 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 truly think, I truly think it's a tool. It's a good tool. I think, uh, and it can be used in many different situations. But I think uh, the tool in itself will not, you know, right, right. will not, will contribute. No, I'm teasing, but I think, but yeah, yeah. So, so think, we have some things yeah. to work on, right? I think we should get our situation language worked out. I think we should kind of talk through a couple different scenarios and, and, you know, I can ask you, okay, is this more helpful to say, or is that more helpful to say? I think it's important. Um, and you know, cause even you use language with me, <clears throat> not bad language, just language, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that I didn't understand what you meant, you know? And I think from whether it's like from racing language or something, you know, you said, I, I forget what it was. It was, Oh, it was Slack. 
You said Slack. It's okay. I'm just saying. Like, and so when I heard it the first time, I was like, does that mean he needs more Slack? Does that mean he needs less Slack? Does he, like, do I, what is it that you need? Like, because we hadn't done it enough, right? Mm. And it's not, uh, it just wasn't something I was used to hearing and understanding what, what the, what I was supposed to do about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are examples. This is all new, right? So that's an example. And the other thing that uh, it reminds me, like a docking situation where the view, like if you go um, on the bow and you look at things, it's like it's totally Totally different different. view, different angle from back at the helm on one side and, you know, more higher up. and, And so... Sometimes, you know, you're feeling certain things at the helm and then the person at the bow is like, oh, there is plenty of space. Yeah. But it's hard to gauge uh, when it's not on the side that you can see. Um, For sure. I mean, Fabian took us into the La Rochelle when he was doing these drills and I was at the helm. And he's like, okay, you're going to go down here and you're going to turn the button around circle. I'm like, there's no way this boat's going to fit. And he's like, no, no, it'll totally fit, you know. And so I did it and I was freaking out inside. But I did it, and he's like, look, these can turn on a dime, and really, you have to just have confidence in the boat, which is fine to say, you know, but when you're at oh, your the helm, you can, your eyes are deceiving you. you something yeah. different. Yeah. And so, um, For sure. yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so I'm looking forward to um, more conversations about this before we leave our cozy cabin here in Tahoe, yeah. where we've been um, spending time learning how to snowboard which is really just, it should be called like premeditated falling is what it should be called, <laughs> not snowboarding. But we've been having fun and learning a lot, um, getting exercise and and basically, you know, with all the shutdowns again and everything, just laying low. So anyway, you guys know where to find us. Um, check out um, our Sailing Owen page if you haven't already and give us a like or leave comments or if you have any advice for docking or how to better communicate through docking. For people who have installed cameras, yeah. I'd love to hear, you know, like, was it a major improvement? And and then what type of cameras and, you know, um, they installed. Right. Cool. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another Covert Castaway. Fair winds for now. <laughs>